0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Colin Urquhart. Well, it's great to be with you again this morning. And uh, today God has got a very simple word for you. But something that's going to have absolutely profound consequences. This morning, we're going to talk about choices. Now, God created us in His image, and that means He created us to be like Him. So, He has put into our hearts and lives the ability to function as He functions in the power of the Spirit, of course. But one of the things that He has given to every human being as part of our soul life, our natural life, is the ability to make choices, to make decisions. God has given us our wills, as we call it, and we exercise that will in whatever way we choose. Now, of course, our whole lives are made up of choices. Every day we choose what to eat, for example. We choose what to wear. We choose where we're going to go and what we're going to do. We're making choices without necessarily thinking, I'm making a choice. It's something that is absolutely integral in our daily lives. We know there are very significant choices we make. You choose who you're going to marry, who will be your husband or your wife. Fifty-six years ago, I made a very good choice and I've rejoiced in God ever since in choosing my wife. And the remarkable thing is that she chose me to be her husband but we're all making choices. We have significant choices, like for example, when you buy a car or even buy or rent a house, these are going to have far-reaching consequences financially and in other ways. But of course, the most important choice that you or I have ever made is to choose Jesus to be our Lord and our Savior, because that has taken us out of just the life of this world, into the life of God's kingdom. And we will belong to him for all eternity because of that choice. But it's integral to the life of a disciple that he's making the right spiritual choices. So, we're going to have a look in the next few minutes at various choices we need to make in our relationship with the Lord. Now, first of all, he, of course, has made a number of choices. He chose you. He chose you to be his child. Jesus told the disciples, you did not choose me, but I chose you. So, we can rejoice that we can only belong to the Lord because we have responded to His initiative to choose us. So, He's chosen us not just to go to heaven, but to do His will here on earth, and then to go and enjoy eternity with Him in glory. But our life here on earth is going to be the result of a series of choices choices that we need to make in order to fulfill the will of God. Now, this has always been God's purpose, to put before his people the choices that they have. So even in the Old Testament, if we look at this scripture together from Deuteronomy chapter 30, God says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. Now this is an important scripture for us because it shows us that we can choose what is good or we can choose what is bad. We can choose what is going to please God and we can choose what is going to grieve God. It also points out to us that our choices are always going to have consequences. And consequences not only for us, but also for our children. In other words, the choices that we make are always going to influence other people, especially those that are very close to us your husband, your wife, your children, your mother, your father, if you're still living with them especially. But our choices are, are not just independent actions that are not going to have consequences on other people. So, God warns the people, well, you have, can make good choices for life, to live in the spiritual life that God gives us by the power of His Spirit through Jesus Christ, or you can live in death. To live in death is to live without Jesus. It's just to live as the world lives. There's no eternal hope in that. So, if we make the right choice, then we will choose to love the Lord our God, as as that Scripture says, to listen to His voice. Why is that so important? Because in the Word of God, And every time you open the Bible, you hear the voice of God. The voice of God tells us the right choices to make and warns us of the consequences of making wrong choices. This is why we need to live in the Word of God every day of our lives so that we know that the choices that we make are consistent with what God wants. Now, let's look at this scripture from John 15, you did not choose me, but I chose you. So, when God chose you, He chose you to be His child. He chose you to have eternal life. He chose to give you the life of the kingdom. He chose to give you all those wonderful truths that we've spoken of recently uh, about the first minute to make you holy in His sight, righteous, acceptable to Him, to be innocent and blameless in His sight. He chose even to make you perfect forever. He's chosen to do those things. But he's chosen you to do his will. So we read in Ephesians 1, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So if we're going to make right choices, we're going to live in the good of what Jesus has already done for us. That was the the importance of the truth of the first minute, wasn't it? We see right from the beginning of our Christian experience everything that God has already done for us so that now we can make the right choices that will glorify Him, that will please Him, that will praise Him, and will have good consequences in our own lives and for all those that are around us, all those that interact with us in any way. So, let's begin to look at just a few of the things the Scripture says about the choices that we make. Now, you would not be a child of God, you would not have salvation, if God had not, first of all, chosen you, of course, but when you turn to Him with repentance and faith, He forgave you. Now, that was His choice. He chose to forgive you all your sins and make you innocent and uh, completely acceptable in his sight. So, Jesus teaches that it's important for you and I and for every believer to make the right choice to forgive others. Look at this scripture. It's just one of several scriptures that Jesus spoke on this subject. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So here is a clear choice. Whenever anybody does anything wrong, to offend us or or to speak against us, we have a choice. You forgive, that's the right choice. It has a consequence. Not only is that person forgiven because we have the authority to forgive sins or, or not to do so, but also it has a good consequence for you because it means that because you have been merciful to others, God will be merciful to you and he will forgive your sins when you fail to do what he wants. But Jesus also warns you can make the wrong decision. You can make the wrong decision and refuse to forgive. Now, if you refuse to forgive, that has immediate consequences because it means that you are guilty, of holding on to offense, you are disobeying the Word of God, you are actually raising yourself up above what Jesus has said. It's like saying, well, you say I ought to forgive, but I know better. In this situation, I'm so angry and I'm so upset I don't have to forgive, or I'm not going to forgive, or it's not right to forgive. You see, when you act like that, you make yourself greater than God. But this has this negative consequence. Not only are you eaten away by the offense and and all the hurt that you feel within yourself, but God will not forgive you until you then change your mind, in other words you repent, and you make the right choice to forgive. So that's just one example. Look now at this scripture that Jesus also gives us in the Sermon on the Mount. Do not judge, or you will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you give, it will be measured to you. Now, obviously, there's a connection here between judging people and refusing to forgive them. If we refuse to forgive them, we are actually judging them. We are condemning them. You remember that even when the woman was caught in the act of adultery, the Jewish Leaders that brought the woman before Jesus, they had not forgiven her. They had not been merciful to her. Jesus was not treating this sin lightly. He wasn't saying it didn't matter. But what he was saying is it doesn't matter how grievous the offense, we still have to forgive. We are still to forgive. And he gave us the example of that. Has no man condemned you? He asked the woman. Um, and, and, and you see, Jesus says, Well, I do not condemn you. I do not condemn Everybody else had condemned her. He said, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. So, Jesus gives us this example of not condemning even when we know somebody is guilty, even when we know that they have caused us or other people offense. In other words, God always has an act of mercy towards us. Think of the prodigal son, how he went so far away from the purposes of his father. The father gave him his inheritance, the son made a choice to go to his father and ask for his inheritance there and then instead of waiting uh, in in the future. The father gave him the answer to his choice, but then he went and wasted his inheritance. He came to his senses when he was there feeding pigs and wishing that he could eat from the, the same food that they were eating He came to his senses and said, well, even even the servants in my father's house are doing better than I am, so I'm going to go back to my father and I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned before heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So he makes a decision. He is repenting. He realizes he's made a wrong decision, a whole series of wrong decisions in the sinful lifestyle with which he wasted his inheritance. He saw the negative consequences of making wrong decisions. But now he makes a right decision, the right decision to repent and to return back to the will of his father. Now the father, of course, has been longing for his son to return. And he sees him coming in the distance and he runs to meet him and he embraces him and kisses him. The son begins his pre-prepared speech. Father, I'm not, <clears throat> I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm not worthy to be called your son. And immediately the father cuts him off. He doesn't, he, he, he doesn't want to hear that negativity because now he knows he's made the right choice. He's made the choice to repent. He's made the choice to come back to the will of his father. He's made the choice to come back into fellowship with the father. So the consequences of that right choice are very positive. The father says, bring the best robe and put it on him, which is, of course, the robe of righteousness, the robe of Jesus himself. Put a ring on his finger, a sign of really belonging to the family. Put shoes on his feet. He's not walking in poverty and in need anymore. He's going to walk in the gospel, in the good news. Kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a feast to celebrate. You see, right choices bring right consequences. But in that parable of the father and two sons, there's an elder son and he makes a wrong choice. He refuses to go into the feast. Why? Because he's very religious. He's full of his own self-righteousness and pride, all that he has done. But He is also full of unbelief because he's complaining that the father hasn't ever given him a goat to have a feast with his friends, whereas he kills this fatted calf that is kept for special celebrations when this young brother of his had had sinned so grievously. So the older son is really, really upset. And the father comes out to him and says, "'Son, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours.' But this points us, you see, to another choice. Faith is a choice. Actually, the, young, the younger brother believed that the father would give him his inheritance if he asked, so he got the inheritance. The older son didn't even believe that the father would give him a goat. So the consequences of his unbelief is that he never received a goat or anything else. So he was just full of anger towards his father, whereas in fact he himself was the one at fault because he didn't make the right choices of faith. And that's why in these last weeks, it's been so important for us to have our our focus on Jesus. Because it's when our focus is on him and, and on what he has done for us that we make the right choices. Love is a choice. We choose who to love. We choose when to love. We choose how much of ourselves to give in love to others. (laughs) And it's important to remember that the agape love of God, the love that the Spirit poured into our hearts when we received the gift of the Spirit after we'd been born again, that that love is not an emotional love, it's not a feeling, but that love is expressed in giving. So God, you see, in his love for us, chose to send his son. He didn't send some spare unemployed angel in heaven. He gave the very best that he had to give. And of course, he gave his son in order that that son may then give in love that perfect sacrifice on the cross. And Jesus had to make the choice to do that in the Garden of Gethsemane. There you see the conflict between his human will, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but then God's divine will, nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. You see, here is Jesus making the right choice. Well, I might, in the natural choose something else. But actually, what matters to me more than anything else is that I choose what my heavenly Father wants. So, he makes the right choice. Not my will, but yours be done. And if he hadn't made the right choice, none of us would have received salvation. Right choices have good consequences. Wrong choices have bad consequences. When the devil, as Lucifer in heaven, chose to rebel against God, he immediately got thrown out. Wrong choice, wrong consequences. And now he lives under the condemnation of eternal death and destruction because of his wrong choice. So if love is expressed in giving, then we make a series of choices when to give, what to give, how much to give not just in terms of money, I mean, that's always a choice, but also how we choose to give of ourselves to express the love of God towards other people, whether we're ready to lay down our lives for our friends. As Jesus says, there is no greater love than this than a man lays down his life for his friends. So we are making choices all the time to love people, to serve people, to give to people, to love God by being obedient to his will, to serve him uh, faithfully, by being faithful to him, to give to him. Yes, to give uh, of our finances, because when we tithe, we acknowledge that Jesus is Lord of the financial side of our lives. But, but uh, quite apart from, from the money, the way in which we are prepared to give of ourselves in love and service of others. <clears throat> So we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. You see, all giving has consequences. You give a little, you receive a little. Not just in terms of money, but you you give a little of yourself to others, you're not going to receive very much back from others but you give of yourself generously in love and service and you will find that you receive so much more back. Look, the scripture continues, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. There's the choice. Now, the thing that we have to understand about these choices is nobody can ever force you to choose anything. Ultimately, because you have a will of your own, you are the one who always makes the choice. And you cannot blame others for the choices that you make. Sometimes you, you may uh, be deceived by because people have told you things that are false. And therefore, it is possible sometimes to make a wrong choice by accident rather than deliberately. But it's always best, isn't it, if people are telling us, especially if they tell us things about other people, to check out what they're saying, because they might be giving us false information. So it's important for us to know that the decisions we are making are actually in accordance with the truth the truth of God's Word, and the truth about the circumstances in which we're placed. But we are the ones who make the decision. So each should give what you have decided in your heart to give. And you see, here again, as we've found in these last weeks when we've been talking about all that God has done for us in the first minute, the way in which we respond to God is always ultimately a matter of the heart. You know, a generous heart means that a person will always be generous in the giving of themselves, in the giving of their time, in the way that they give service to others. Yes, in the way that they give financially to God and to others uh, according to their circumstances. But, you know, a, an impoverished heart will actually suffer because not much will be coming back from others or even from God because, you see, God will never allow us to outdo him in giving. He is always so much greater than we are. Whatever, in whatever ways we choose to give, God will always give back to us far more. You know, I've, I've spent my life, if you like, laying down my life for others and God taking me all around the world and speaking to to thousands, I suppose, millions of people over uh, over the long years of of my ministry, but God has given back to me so much more. And yes, has it been tough sometimes? Yes, has there been a lot of opposition? Yes, have sometimes people said all kinds of untrue things to try to ruin my ministry? Yes, because the devil always likes to take people down if he can, but God has blessed me and given to me and my wife and my family so much more than we could ever have imagined because he is the God who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or imagine. He will never, ever let you outdo him in giving. And when the negative things come uh, at us, if we do what he says and forgive, then they do not have the negative effect upon us that the people aim to have. You know, if somebody wants to pull, pull you down, they want to hurt you. But as we forgive and as we, we do the positive thing, make the right decisions and the right choices, we, we save ourselves from the hurt. Oh, it's not nice when people say untrue things, but at least they do not affect you in any deep and, and meaningful or, or lasting way. Right choices, good consequences. Wrong choices, bad consequences. Then in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says this, and God is able to bless you abundantly. He's able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now here is the heart of God. This is what his heart is like. He he all the time wants to choose to bless us, to choose to be gracious to us, to choose to meet every need in every situation. In other words, he wants to give and give and give. When John wrote his gospel in the opening chapter, it's different from all the other gospels, because right at the very beginning, John gives us a series of wonderful truths of who Jesus really is. He's God, he's divine, he's the Word of God made flesh, and so on. But John slips in a little word of testimony as to what it was really like during those three and a half years to live with Jesus. And he said this, From the fullness of his grace, he's given us one blessing after another, grace upon grace. He gives, grace upon grace. This is is what their experience of Jesus was, that he always chose to give, to give, to give, to give. And they were always on the receiving end of this wonderful grace of God. And the scripture says that today we stand in that same grace. God wants to give, God wants to bless, God wants to help, he wants to encourage, he wants to build up, he wants to do everything that is possible. He will be merciful, he will forgive us, he will bless us, he will heal us, he will undertake for us, no matter what situation we're in. Good choices all the time because God never makes a bad choice. And he didn't make a bad choice when he chose you, did he? You are forever grateful, you will be eternally grateful for that choice that he made. So, God wants us to mirror, to reflect that same generosity of heart, that same generosity of spirit, and to be those that are are generous people, generous in the way we give. You know, I was brought up during the war, and during the, uh, the war in the 1940s, a lot of things were scarce, um, especially a lot of food items. I'd, I hadn't even heard of ice cream until I was eight years old because it never existed in, in our experience. Didn't even know what it was. When my mother said, ice cream is coming back in the shops, I said, what's ice cream? I've since learned what ice cream is, and I make a choice every time there's the opportunity to eat it, because I love it. <laughs> but you see, <clears throat> that produced in me—excuse <clears throat> me—that produced in me a kind of a, a, a poverty mentality. We always had to be so careful, so careful, so careful. And, and I, I think of all kinds of things that we had to do because there was so little available to us. And, and when I got older, I had to ask God, I want you to take out of my heart this poverty mentality. I want a generous, I want to become a generous person. And by the grace of God, he he has enabled that. I know I've become much, much more generous. I, I wouldn't recognize myself now from what I was years ago when I was very young. Because it is a mentality, isn't it? But the mentality, the way we think, is a reflection of what is in our hearts. So I believe God wants all of us to have generous hearts because he has a generous heart. And what he did was to put a new heart in us and that new heart is this generous heart. And God wants us to make the right decisions always to be as generous as we can in whatever situation we're placed. Generous in the way we love, generous in the way we serve, generous in the way we give, generous in the way we bless. And those good choices will always have good consequences for the ones who were serving, blessing, and giving to, but also in what God measures back to us. Jesus says, the measure you give is the measure you get back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But you don't get the good measure back until you've made the right decision to give first. So, right at the end of... Um, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives this illustration of two different people. One chooses to build his house on the rock. Look at this scripture. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man that built his house upon the rock. Now, I'm sure you know this scripture well. The storm came, the floods came, beat upon that house, but because it was on a solid foundation, because this man had made the right choices in his life, built his his whole life on the solid rock of Jesus, on the solid rock of the truth of God's Word, he could withstand any storm. But then look at this. That Jesus went on to say, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man that built his ha- house on sand. And we know what happened to his house. When the winds came and the floods came, the house collapsed. Bad choices, bad consequences. And you see, the wise man was wise because he consistently made good choices. The foolish man suffered as he did because he consistently made bad choices. Now, if we are honest, as believers in Jesus, our desire is always to make good choices. And by the grace of God, we make a lot of good choices. We have made them in the past, we make them in the present, and we intend to make them in the future. And we have seen good consequences in our lives because of those good choices. But we also know that we've made bad choices and we don't need to look back over those things now. But when you make a bad choice, later on, you live to regret it. You wish you hadn't made that bad choice. If only I hadn't done so-and-so and -and -and so-and-so. If only I hadn't said so-and-so and -and -and so-and-so. Praise God, there's always his mercy and always his forgiveness that restores us. But we have learned from experience Good choices have good consequences. Bad choices have bad consequences. Jesus spoke to his Father, uh, sorry, spoke uh, about his Father when he was talking to the disciples at the Last Supper. He described himself as the true vine and the disciples were the branches in the vine. But what he said about the Father is the Father tends this vine, he cares for it, he looks after it. It's his responsibility. And as the one who tends the vine, he prunes it. He cuts out fruitless branches. Fruitless branches are those that always make wrong and bad decisions, so they don't bear any good fruit. But he even prunes the good, the, the branches that bear fruit. He prunes them so that in the next season, they will be even more fruitful. Now, when the Father prunes us, what does he cut out? He cuts out the bad choices. Or rather, he cuts out the things in our hearts that cause us or have caused us to make the bad choices, the wrong choices. He forgives all those, but he's, he sort of removes from our lives whatever was going on in our hearts that caused us to make those wrong choices. Now, that leaves the way clear for us to make right choices, good choices, fruitful choices that are going to glorify God. Ultimately, What it boils down to is this. In all the choices that we make, we choose either to please God or to please self. So what the Father is constantly pruning out of our lives is the wrong decisions that we made to please self rather than to please God. And and every time he does that, every time he... He sort of refines us in that way. That means that we're now going to make better choices. Some of those choices will be choices of quantity as well as quality. That whereas there may be certain ways in which we gave sparingly, now we will give generously. So that whereas in the past we only reaped a little, now we're going to reap much. We're going to receive much. But all the time, you see, when God prunes us, it's not only because this is his will, but it's for our own good. Because as we've seen, when we make good choices, then there's good consequences. And this is what God wants. He He wants us to constantly make all the right choices in our lives. So one more scripture, if we go back just to John Gospel. Chapter 14, Jesus says this, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Obedience is a choice. We choose to obey or not. It's a choice that's always to be made out of love. It's not like in the Old Testament, legalistic observance of a written code of instructions. Now it's making the choices out of love, to please God by obeying his will out of love for him and out of love for others. So anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we, the Father and the Son, will come to them and make our home with them. Good consequences of good decisions, to love him, to obey him. But then Jesus says, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. So the lack of obedience is a lack of love. Making the wrong decisions is always a lack of love for God. So, beloved, we make a lot of good decisions, don't we? Praise God. Give him the thanks for that. Thank him for the grace that is at work in you. The power of the Holy Spirit is in you because, you see, the Holy Spirit is God in you and the Holy Spirit is all the time in every situation, every circumstance, every day of your life. He is urging you, wanting you, prompting you, leading you, to make good and right decisions that will have good and right consequences for you and for others and will glorify God. The Holy Spirit will never, ever lead you or prompt you to make a wrong choice. So we can thank God for all the right choices we've made and we can say, Lord, purify my heart, prune out of my heart anything that is there that enables me or results in me making wrong choices or bad choices. And and we can pray, Holy Spirit, I want to be so sensitive to your voice and so obedient, compliant really, responding so readily to what you say that I will always listen to you so that I will make the right choice and not the wrong choice. Isn't this a simple word? Because we all understand choices. And how many people blame God when actually the negative things they're experiencing have been the result of their wrong choices? or perhaps the wrong choices that others have made. No, we can never blame God for anything. Everything that he does is always good and right and perfect and wholesome. And by his grace, through the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, he is enabling us to make right choices. So we're going to pray together now just for a few moments. And we're going to ask God to forgive us for the wrong choices. We're going to invite the Father to prune us, not try to avoid the pruning knife because it hurts. But we're going to say, Lord, I want you to put your finger on anything in my heart that causes me to make wrong choices. Independence, selfishness, whatever it may be. But the Holy Spirit will do that. He he puts his finger on it and says, right now, you make the choice to repent of that. Ask me to forgive you, and I will remove that out of your heart and life. I will not just forgive you, but I will change and transform your heart so that in future you will make the good choices that will have good consequences. So let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you that you made that wonderful choice to send your Son to be the Savior of the world. Thank you for the salvation that you have given us. Thank you, Lord, for choosing me, for choosing each one of us who is now a part of your body here on earth, choosing to belong to your heavenly kingdom. Thank you that you chose not only to save us, but to give us this wonderful gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you chose to go to the cross. You chose to give your life, to give that blood that gives us freedom and victory that we were praising you for earlier. Now, Father, we thank you for all the grace that you have given us to enable us to make that right decision right at the beginning of our Christian experience, to take Jesus as our Saviour and Lord. Thank you for all the good consequences that you have given us eternal life as a result of that choice. Thank you for the way your grace has been operating in our lives over the years that we've known you, so that we've, by that grace, have made a series of right choices and have seen others blessed, have seen you glorified, and we have ourselves benefited from all the good consequences of those good and right decisions. Thank you for all your grace that has made that possible. Thank you, Lord, that you have forgiven the wrong decisions that we've made. So we no longer have to look back with regret, but we look forward with expectation to what you're going to enable us to do in the future. So, Lord, I surrender myself afresh. I surrender my heart afresh to you this morning. I just pray that everyone listening to my voice would do likewise. And I invite you, Heavenly Father, to to show me anything in my heart, anything in my life that needs to be corrected, that needs to be removed, that needs to be purified so that I no longer make wrong choices that I've made in the past. And Lord, where I've made good choices, I now want to make better choices. That where I have chosen to love, I want to love more freely. I want to give of myself more abundantly. Thank you, Lord, that you not only enable good choices, but you enable better choices, and you enable the best choice that we could possibly make in any situation. So thank you, Father, for that pruning, that purifying work in my heart and in the heart of everyone listening to me now. Thank you, Lord, for the positive effect this is gonna have on our lives in the future. We praise you, Lord, we exalt you. Thank you for all the patience and the loving kindness that you have towards us. And how you are willing to be so merciful every time we make wrong choices. Now just before we close, Have you made a wrong choice in refusing to forgive someone? Right now, you can reverse that. You can make the right choice. It's not a feeling. Don't wait to feel forgiveness. Forgiveness is a decision. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. So right now, if there's anyone that has offended you, hurt you, whether it's years ago, whether it's in the present, whether it's a trifling thing, or whether it's a more significant thing, make that decision now, make that choice now. All you have to do is say, Lord, I choose to forgive. And then just name the person. If you're alone, you can do that aloud. If you're, if you're with others, you can just do it silently. But speak those words to the Father. Lord, I choose to forgive. And I thank you, Lord, that you have chosen to forgive me, to be merciful for me, to me towards me. And just one last thing, whatever circumstances that you are facing now that are a challenge, make this choice to trust Jesus and say to him, Lord, I trust you. Lord Jesus, I trust you in this situation. I make the choice to trust you, not to trust in myself, not to try to work out everything in my own way. That's always a wrong choice, it never works. But I make the choice to trust you and to believe that you will lead me through this situation and you will bring me out into your victorious life. I praise you, Lord. I bless you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.